Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. We are a day away from the start of the U.S. Open, one of the more anticipated major championships that I can remember in my time covering the sport simply because of the golf course. I think golf fans and golf nerds know how great LACC is. I think they understand what's the reception going to be like when everybody gets to see this place on full display. It's going to play awesome. I think the golfers are going to like it. Hopefully they don't like it too much. You don't want them to love a U.S. Open course. you got to get some people to complain. But, you know, I mean, you talk about circling a date. I was out there for the Walker Cup in 2017, and knowing that this was coming in terms of a U.S. Open getting an opportunity to be hosted at Los Angeles Country Club, I circled it. I was reminded about it, and I'm as excited about this as I was for, you know, the Open going back to St. Andrews. You know, the only difference being that we get to see the old course every five years, and this is going to be the first time 98.9% of golf fans and sports fans will get to see Los Angeles Country Club in high definition. So, very excited about it. If you missed our podcast on Monday, we had Max Homa on the podcast giving a preview of LECC, just chatted about not only the golf course this week and what to expect, but his, you know, 61 at the 2013 Pac-12s, which was a course record for a long, long time. So make sure you listen to that one if you haven't. This is going to be a much shorter episode. I asked Gil Hance, who restored LACC and, you know, brought it back to, to what it once was. I asked him to come on and just give us his three strategic shots that he thinks will be extremely impactful in this championship coming down the stretch over the weekend. And he did just that. And I thought it was great, as you'd expect to get from Gil. And so it's not a long episode, but great information as you sit, you know, hours away from the opening round and the coverage is extensive. So once we get to Thursday, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people tuning in at least a podcast early in the day. Most of that stuff will be wrap podcast uh, in the evening. I am hosting the world feed. So if you're listening to this outside the U.S., you'll probably hear me throughout the week. If you are inside the United States and you VPN it, you could probably listen to me as well if that's something you're interested in doing. And before we get to Gil, you know, I always talk about the book and the coffee I also have a logo design company that we do awesome logos. I'm wearing the hat during the interview with Gil if you watch this. But it's uh, ground under repair. If you go to gurdesigns.com and you're interested in a logo for a golf course, let's say you need a secondary logo or you just want a complete redesign of your course's logo, we do that. We do buddy trips logos. We do one-off logos for events. Anything you can think of, we do packaging. You know, we've done that branding for companies like Goodwalk Coffee, and we've done uh, some stuff with Titleist coming up. We've done a lot of stuff in just about a year and a half of, of being a company. And so if you're somebody out there that goes on a yearly buddy trip and you've been interested in doing something where you guys can buy hats and shirts with your individual logo for your trip, hit us up, gurdesigns.com. That is the URL. Send us a note. We'll get right back to you. And that's enough for me. Headed out to L.A. in just a few minutes, so glad I got Gil on, and I think you're going to really enjoy this. This is Gil Hans. Uh, Gil Hans is with us now, and uh, Gil, I wanted to start with this. Um, I know you're at the point in your career, you've had golf courses that have hosted the Olympics and golf courses that you built from scratch that are going to host major championships you've had plenty that are in and out of the history of the game of golf. What is it like when you get to these weeks, when you get to see your work and your team's work on display for the world to see? Uh, it's still exciting. I mean, honestly, there's a buzz and excitement and all of our guys are definitely going to be tuned in to watch. Some of them will be here 
Um, you know, Jim and I don't talk an awful lot about what's going to happen or what's coming up, but we're we're really proud of what we've done. There's obviously the anticipation, especially you know here, right? Because nobody's they've never played this in a major championship. That most of the guys have never even played here. So there's a, a little bit of that unknown. Like when you 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 know, you're fortunate to work in places like Southern Hills or Wingfoot, you you know there's a bit of a track record, so you kind of understand what to expect here. There's who knows what's going to happen? I know that Chris Wilson, his team, got the place in great shape, but there, there's no history, so it's every day is going to be a, a really cool adventure. Can you do me a favor? Tell the story. Uh, I've seen this floating around on social the first couple of days. Can you tell the story of the extra hole there at LACC? Um, because I remember when we were doing the Walker Cup, I was chatting with you about the it's it's next to 17 Green, and it's I don't know. Do you call it a buy hole? Like what do you guys call it there? It's little 17. So in the original design of Herbert Fowler's golf course, it was a par three. Um, the 16th green was sort of in the middle of the turn 17th fairway. And then you played this little par three across the brink, and then you walked up to played 18 where it is now. And in the, I think it was the 26 LA open, it was a train wreck. I mean, it was a tiny little green, serious contour in it. And there were guys making eights and sevens and the wind was blowing and it just got criticized left and right. So even though George Thomas loved that golf hole, he knew when he redid the golf course, he had to abandon it. So it grew over. It just sat in the woods for the longest time. And you know, Jim Wagner and Jeff Shackelford and I went out and Jeff found it and he said, all right, this is where it was. We were able to convince some of the members. Don Rice was one of the biggest proponents to say, we should just put that back. And, and part of the fun little history of the golf course, the members will play it, I think, occasionally. Um, but today they're doing a charity thing out there where the players are going to take a shot at it. And I think whoever gets closest to the pin or whoever makes it all in one gets 10,000 to their favorite charity. So it's a fun little piece of history here. And we're excited they're using it. Did you spend dozer time on it, Gil? I, I know you're like a big dozer guy. I mean, was that, was that a part of your dozer experiences at LACC? That green is so small. It couldn't fit a dozer. I <laughs> was all just like hand raking and just trying to get everything, uh, all shovels and rakes up in there. No, no dozers. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um, I had you on because, you know, I mean, you have such a unique, not just perspective of this golf course, but appreciation of the history of it and, and how cool LACC is. I think come Saturday and Sunday, golf fans around the world are going to understand what you think about it, what I think about it, what play people like Shackelford think about it. I mean, it is as good as it gets in terms of an 18-hole golf course. But there's so much strategy that goes into LACC. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the three most strategic shots that the players are going to face this week at Los Angeles Country Club and this U.S. Open. So I, I cede the floor to you. I cede the mic to you, Gil. You know, let's start with what's your number one, and I guess we can go through the golf course as you go over these three, but what's the first one that came to mind when you were thinking about this? A tee shot on six. I think six is, you know, being a drivable part four, but being completely blind from the tee. I mean, from a player's perspective, I think most of the guys are just going to try and drive it, but you've got to be able to pick a line. You've got to trust a shot. So you're throwing into that mix. I mean, the expectation that you're going to play the golf all well, but now you've got a blind tee shot to play. Um, you know, I think the front bunker will be a popular place to try and miss, but to get in that bunker, you've got to navigate through some barrancas, through some sandy, scrubby stuff. But then interestingly, if you lay up, the fairway is about 65 yards wide at the far end. So you have all these different points you can pick to try and come in at different angles. So it'd be interesting to watch the thought process. Do guys play way left to get to the right pins? Do they play way right to get to the left pins? And that green is, is like, I think it's 30 feet deep on the left-hand side. So it's a tiny little target to hit to. And, and for the most part, they're going to be hitting shots that they're not that comfortable hitting. It's not a full shot. 
it's going to be a 60 or 70 yard pitch trying to hit it in there too much spin it's going to pull back off not enough spin. i mean that hole to me is just going to be fascinating not only because of the, the strategy but the mental thought of you know, you're firing a ball blind over a ridge and you won't know the outcome I mean, the gallery might give you some idea until, you know, you're the first guy hitting. You got to wait for the other two guys to hit. And then you got to walk down that hill and come around. And all of a sudden, there it is. How do you deal with the reality of the shot that maybe you thought was really good and it turns out it was really bad or a shot that you thought was really bad and it turns out really good? So there's a lot of that fun stuff happening as well. Yeah, I mean, there are excellent short par fours in golf. I mean, there's one obviously down the road in Los Angeles that comes to mind. But I can't think of an excellent short par four that's blind. I mean, is there another one that comes to mind in, in your experiences at these great classic golf courses where the it's, you know, like you said, I mean, some long hitters could hit three wood at six, but have no idea if it's good or not. I can't think of a tee shot. I can think of second shots on short, you know, a lot of the leaving holes, the McDonald and the Rainer holes where you kind of get out of position, you're going to blind shot into the green, but not off of the tee. I really can't. I'm sure if I sat here and went through, but we don't have time for that. No, it's unique, but it is, in a way, I mean, it's a cousin or brother or sister to Tenerife. I mean, the orientation of the green, the ability to actually play uh, longer, you know, you can actually hit it past the green on the right here at LACC and be in short grass and then play down the entire length of the green. You know, Tenerife Riviera used to have that option until they, they put, you know, trees and bushes in the way there. So there are some similarities in the way those holes can play, but the tee shot is completely different. Yeah, I was thinking like two at national is a short par four where you can't in theory see the green from the tee, but it's not, it's blind in in theory, right? It's blind where the ball lands, but if you hit a good ball, you're going to know it's on the green, it's short of the green, it's over the green. You're going to have an idea of where it ends up. This is picking a spot off a tee where you literally, you, you, I mean, you and your caddy obviously have a good idea of where the green is or where the whole location is, but you know, I mean, it's still in theory kind of a guessing game. And it is, listen, if you're going to LACC this week, that is worth a half of your day is setting up shops somewhere around six. Because to Gil's point, it's not just the tee shots. It's the approaches as well. They are uncomfortable. I've played it twice. I've laid up both times. I hit a good shot in one time and I hit one short in the bunker. And both times you're posing on it. You know, you're thinking I, I pulled it off. And, you know, one time you make three and one time you make five. It's very easy to make five on the sixth. Yeah. Well, come say hi to me because I'll probably be watching out there as well. <laughs> when you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right, Gil, what's, uh, what's number two on your list? Uh, the second shot on 14. Uh, I think, you know, par fives for these guys are almost, you know, by right, they feel like they should be able to get home in two. And I'm not sure that green and that target is worth the risk. I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously going to get numbers where they'll say, hey, I need to go. But boy, boy, there's so much trouble around that. And getting close, I think, is really going to be difficult. So I, I would think that, you know, the best play is to lay up. And now the interesting thing there is the layup is complicated by the fact that there's this drop-off that runs down and then sheds everything 
into the right-hand rough. So you've got to lay back well short, you know, pass for 100, 120 yards if you're trying to get much closer than that. And then you're bringing this landform into play. So I think the decision-making there, tough green to hit, a lot of slope in the green, uh, front left bunker is a pretty good place to miss. But now you're hitting a bunker shot with, you know, in theory, if you don't hit it right, you're over the side of the green. There's out of bounds lurking. If you, you know, if you're in the fairway, you go for it in two and you push it. Uh, it's a big side slope that's kicking your ball towards OB. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that shot if you go for it in two. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, as the players through the week, you know, on Thursday, Friday, they go for it. And then Saturday, Sunday, if you're in contention, do you, do you lay up? I think there's a lot of choices need to be made there. Obviously, the tee shot there has got to put you in a position for that decision-making. But I think that will be another one. George Thomas asked so many thoughtful questions on this golf course. But I'll be curious to watch that one as well. Gil, it's interesting because if you were on the tee and you told all the players in the field, obviously these are the best players in the world, if you told them, hey, you can't go for this green in two or you're going to get disqualified, I feel like the scoring average would probably be better on 14. I'm with you. I, I find we had a, we have a piece that's coming out in the fried egg newsletter and it's kind of all of our predictions. And I said, what's a hole that you feel like players could complain about? And I feel like 14 is, is a hole that you could hear people complain about simply because to a professional golfer, a par five is a birdie hole. And while this is a par five, it's such a hard green to hit. You know, it's funny. I, I was, I did featured holes at Oak Hill last month at the PGA and the 14th hole there is a short par four, right? And everybody was hitting drivers. Everybody was trying to pound it up there on the green. And it was funny how some of the players that laid back, depending on the whole location, had a way better opportunity to make birdie than some of the players that were going forward because you had to almost get lucky with that tee shot to either get it on the green or get it in the right position to get that ball up and in. And if the hole was 20 yards longer, I'm not sure they would have been pulling driver. It's just funny that pros get on tees expecting scores. And this is a hole that while you might be expecting to make four, if you play for five, I feel like you might even have a better chance of making the four you're hoping to on the tee. And I think some of the players that are going to go for it are going to make sixes and even sevens if they're in the wrong position. I agree with you. And I think, you know, the shot, you really got to hit a good one. You know, it's got to be pounded out there in order to get yourself in that position. So it's going to be a hard hole, but you know, one and eight are two very birdieable, if not eagle holes. So I think that as a, as a balance, the three par fives, you, know, you need at least one of them that's got to give you that opportunity to maybe from a smart standpoint to just lay off. All right, last one, last one, Gil. What's uh, what's your last strategic shot that you feel like is going to be integral in this championship? I went back and forth on these. I think, you know, the little 15th is going to be a fun one, but I, I honestly think the tee shot on 17 is, is going to be critical, especially, you know, as you get into the weekend. And, you know, it's it's a hard tee shot. You know, obviously, the, the better angle into that green, it's a long, long hole from par four standpoint is to play down the right close to the brink. But there's all kinds of trouble down there and you never know what you're going to get going down in there. So then you play a little bit further to the left and you've got a poor angle into it. And during the Walker Cup, we actually saw a lot of golfers play into the second fairway on purpose. Right. And, and interestingly, if you looked at the scoring average, none of them made burdens. They all made pars at best. So it really wasn't a good strategy. But I think the word is out that this might be something that to consider. So it'll be interesting to see if you're a player, and you've got a one or two shot lead on Sunday. Do you all of a sudden just try and whip it over into the second fairway and take your medicine or... You know, if you're if you're pursuing, trying to get that shot closer to the brink, I think there are all kinds of options there, different ways to play that golf hole and that tee shot. But I think the pressure is going to be it's going to be really interesting to see that you know as you get into Saturday and Sunday. 
Yeah, I mean, you you think about the the tee shots asked of these players after 15, after the short par three, and you've got a difficult one on 16. You're going to see a ton of players in that bunker. You obviously have one of the more difficult tee shots on 17. And then 18, I would say, is rather friendly off the tee for U.S. Open, but the trouble really starts after the tee shots. So it's really three unique types of questions that are asked on the final three holes of this golf course. And that's what's so brilliant about LACC, Gil, is that it's – it's tough in different spots on different holes. You know, a lot like Wingfoot is is just brutal in terms of tee shots, right? You've got to find the fairway. If you don't, you're in knee-high rough. And Aaron Hills, where had these massive fairways, the questions got really, really tough with some of those second shots. And I feel like at LACC, depending on the hole, it could be a really tough tee shot. It could be a really tough approach. Or it could just be brutal around the greens like we're talking about with 14. That's why I feel like, this is going to go down as one of the great U.S. Open hosts is because this golf course is so different hole to hole. I agree with you 100 percent. And I think, you know, George Thomas was as brilliant as any golf architect who ever practiced. And I've said this, Jim Wagner and I have become better golf architects because of our experience here and what we learned and what we tried to restore from his standpoint. The thing that I'm really most interested in is I think we probably have the most brilliant golf architect, his most creative masterpiece competing with modern technology and the way these guys hit it. You know, we hear an awful lot of conversation. We all want to talk about angles and this and that. And, you know, our angle's dead. Our angle's dead for this category. This is a golf course that will either prove that's true or it will refute it because the strategy that's required to get at these whole locations, and if it's firm, which I fully expect it will be, you know, that's going to put an even greater premium on accuracy off of the tee and ways to come into these holes. And I think you're spot on. The test, the examination here is about as thorough as any you're ever going to find, and it goes by whole. It's not a blanket statement across the entire canvas, and that's why I think this course is so great. Well, Gil, I appreciate it. How many Grateful Dead belts do we bring this week? Is the, is it just one, or do you have multiple? We got two. I got one on right now. Awesome, awesome. Well, Gil, I appreciate it uh, as always. Thank you so much. Congrats on um, just continuing to be uh, somebody in in our sport that is a easy to talk to be easy to root for and see easy to praise their work because uh, you guys crush it. And I know you're going to praise your crew, but uh, it all starts with the man. So thank you so much for your time and uh, congrats on a great week. Thanks, Jamie. Cheers. Huge. Thanks to Gil. Huge. Thanks to you for listening. Hope you guys have an excellent week. Enjoy this. Take it in. Watch as much as you can. This is golf. This is golf that matters. This is everybody involved in the same tournament. These are awesome groups on Thursday and Friday. And this is an excellent, excellent golf course. You are going to love it. I cannot wait to get out to L.A. And uh, we'll be back next week to recap everything that went down at Los Angeles Country Club.